So how is everyone feeling about Christmas? Wow, it's great. Looks like it's going to be a great Christmas for everyone. Um, anyone feeling a little stressed? You can talk to me. Sure, yeah. I know that during this season, obviously, I for personal reasons, you know, there's all the expectations, all the planning you have to do for Christmas, and so it is very, very stressful. And then on top of that, being clergy, there's a lot of extra stuff. And so there's a lot going on you know, in our lives, how many of you are kind of like the manager, the keeper of your household that does like all the appointments and boarding dogs and all, you know, all that, Lauren's like, yeah, it's me. Um, So it can be a lot, a lot, a lot of details. And so when I think of the word peace, that is the last thing that I really think of at this season. And I really start to hone in on the Christmas story, but I hone in on a particular part of it that doesn't really make me feel like there's peace. And that is the, like, childbirth part of the Christmas story. Um, I think I have a picture, I think, of me a couple Christmases ago. Looking for it. Okay. So that's when I was, so this is December 24th. I was due a month later. So I thought about Mary trying to get on a donkey when she was that pregnant. I was like, oh, that is, that is, that is rough. And, uh, and then I think about peace, again, childbirth, when uh, females talk about how it's such a beautiful experience and how they just felt so calm and felt like really connected, and I just want to be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Why would you say that? I know you probably threw up because it was terrible, and you probably had a lot of choice words coming out of your mouth when uh, you had childbirth. And so with this childbirth, I think about, okay, it's not peaceful, but that's not what we're going to focus on today. I really want to focus about Joseph and his role in this. Because I think, how did he handle all that went on? How did he have peace? Because he probably had to be maybe a little stronger. He kind of had to keep calm for Mary and all of this. And so I want to look at the story of Joseph found in Matthew. Look at, at chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. So for a second, I want you to put yourself in Joseph's shoes. When Mary comes and and brings this story. Can you imagine how he felt? And to me, I, I felt like so much was thrown at him all at once. And so he probably is, is standing there. And he's trying to collect a thought. 
So in his mind, he has chaos. And so really, he doesn't really have much of one thought because he's got a million thoughts. He doesn't know what to say. He probably feels like he wants to throw up. He's probably starting to sweat. His clothes feel a little tight. And he is speechless. He certainly does not have peace at this moment. Again, let's, let's hone in on what Mary said. So Mary, who is engaged to be with him, brings him this news. And Joseph knows, well, that's not my kid because we haven't done anything. What are you saying? Who are you? This doesn't make sense. And so chaos is in him. Now, one thing you need to know is that with Joseph, it says he's a good man. And some translations talk about how he's a righteous man, which means he's a very, very faithful Jew. He knows all the rules. He knows all the commandments. He knows what he should do, what is expected. And in this case, Mary should probably be stoned. And you have to imagine that maybe for a second that goes through his head because he knows that's what is expected of him, what should happen. But quickly that thought goes out because there's something already stirring him says, I can't do that. I can't do that. So he tries to make a plan to distance himself, to divorce her in some way that's quietly, that can still give her some honor. And so I think, how does he do this? And so after verse 19, he's not feeling very peaceful. He still doesn't have a lot of peace. And then verse 20 happens. And the first line says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. This is the angel. This is the first part of what the angel says. But Joseph had already made his decision to not take her as his wife because, again, he knows the rules. He knows the customs. He knows that that's not appropriate, that he be frowned upon, that he's at risk, that she's at risk. This, this baby is at risk. He knows that I can't do that. That's complete. It's ludicrous. I can't do that. And so for the first time, when he gets that news, like, you have to take her. It's going to be okay. The angel is saying, it's going to be okay. I think peace starts to creep in for the first time. So when I think about God's peace and this, this news of this angel saying, no, you need to take her, and that's so opposite of what the world says, what the rules, what the commandments, what he knows, what he's grown up hearing and knowing, I think God's peace often makes us make a decision that is countercultural. It's different. It's what is not expected. And that's the thing that I think about God's peace is that it's different. It goes against something. And we've all had experiences like that. Most like when you've made a decision that was maddening to everyone else. It didn't make sense to other people at all. We've probably all looked really stupid at times. At least people thought we were for making a certain decision, right? And people tried to criticize you. They said, no, you can't do this. They tried to knock some sense into you because they didn't understand. But you knew Something in you was telling you to make this certain decision. And so no matter what someone said, no matter what, so how people tried to convince you, you just went in that different direction because you had this peace and you don't know where it came from, but you had this peace. So maybe you quit a job that everyone said, why would you quit that job? It's such a great gig. I mean, your salary is awesome. You've got great vacation. You've got a great office. The people you work with are great. And you're like, yeah, it's great, but I don't know. I, I need something different. 
Or maybe have it, has anyone ever broken up with someone and, and they're like, all your friends are like, oh, we loved them. They were so awesome. And you're like, I know. And they were. It just wasn't right. Or maybe you packed up and you moved to a new city even though you had a great community and you had a great job and you had family, but you're like, no, something is calling me to a different place and I can't explain it. It's this peace. Or maybe you gave a bunch of money away, you downsized your house, you spoke up on the behalf of someone, you're like, I don't know, this doesn't seem right, but I need to speak up for that person, I need to defend that person. Or maybe you went and served somewhere kind of dangerous because there's this, this feeling that you need to do something different. And you may be asking, okay, that seems really risky. How do I know if this peace is from God? What if I know this is the, really the right thing to do? Like, I don't want to have... I'm trying to think, what's a bad decision? A Pete Davidson, Ariana Grande situation. Anyone? Look it up later if you don't know what I'm talking about. They got engaged after like two days. They got multiple tattoos with each other's names, which is always a good idea. And then they broke up. Some would say they were kind of reckless. And so I know there's that worry of like, what if I just make this selfish decision or I'm just tempted by something that's shiny and great and it's not really the right thing. I think it goes back to that God's peace is something that is in conflict with something else. Because everyone else or the world is saying, no, don't do that. That's, that's a bad decision. You're like, no, I don't know. I can't explain it. I think your mind can give you all the excuses and all the reasons not to do it. But something about your heart and your soul where I feel like God can really speak to you, where God can really communicate with you, where God can really show you what is his way. Because I believe the world is always trying to make us make a decision really, really fast. And so we're tempted to just go with something instead of looking inward and seeing what God says. I love that scripture talks about how we should love God with all of our heart and our soul and our strength and our mind. And so how do we tune into what our soul and what our hearts are saying? Because I think that's where that peace is really going to come. So peace from God means that sometimes you're going to look like an outcast, that maybe you're making something very different that people don't understand, but it really is the right thing. Joseph felt that. He knew he was going to be maybe an outcast, that he was going to look, he was going to be frowned upon, but he knew, no, there's something about this peace I just can't shake. And this is the decision I need to do. So he takes Mary as his wife. The next thing that the angel says, the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So many of you know, if you've been coming to the service, that uh, Scott and I uh, walked through infertility uh, with our first child and then walking through it again. And so we kind of know the different avenues that people have children. We've had a lot of friends that have gone through more for us. But at this time... There wasn't that modern science, right? Joseph wasn't like, oh, well, that makes sense of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Because um, Tammy and uh, Ron down the road, uh, they got like a surrogate, and then they had different embryos, and then all the, and they took a lot of medicine. So, yeah, that makes sense, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think that was quite the doozy. That was kind of really shocking. Like, say what? The Holy Spirit did what? How did, how did this all come? And yet... Joseph seemed to have no problem with it. And I think the reason is because Joseph, again, a righteous, good man, he knows the teachings of God. He knows 
um, the miracles of God. He knows the story. He knows the promises of God. And he knew the prophecy of that the virgin, a virgin would conceive a child. And so he says, ah, oh, that's it. I know that story. I know that prophecy from Isaiah. I know that. And so Joseph's heart, again, that peace began to creep in because he knew who God was. And so don't you think, maybe, perhaps, that Joseph had a little bit of an easier time accepting this news because he was really close to God, that he had a relationship with God. So my second thing for you is that I think having peace in the midst of chaos is a lot easier when you're connected to God. It's a lot easier to make sense of things because God, you know who God is and you know that God is with you. And so Joseph know, knows that, you know, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But I know who God is. I know God is someone who is with us and has miracles. And so I think that peace while you still feel all those emotions of maybe the stress and the worry, you feel all that. I believe that peace, something about peace kind of tips the scales a little bit more. That peace maybe has a little bit more power. That peace has a little bit more say in your life because you've got this. You've got this connection to God. And so was Joseph scared, worried, doubtful? I bet he was. How could he not be? But I think he had this ability to trust in God who was constant, a God that was faithful. So Joseph, while he was caught by surprise, he had this hope, he had this peace that helped him. Last week, Scott talked about hope, and I think it pairs really, really well with this message, and so I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's a really good one, and I'm not just saying that because I'm married to the guy, and I promised in our vows that I'd be nice to him. It really is a good message. But I think what was interesting, he talked about how hope kind of was this overarching thing that carried all through time. It was something that was always there. It wasn't easy to have, but it was there. And I think for peace, it's something that is underneath us that can be this strong foundation for us. However, again, going back to Joseph, he probably still felt worry. He still felt scared. He felt overwhelmed by this news so there's all this chaos and stress and emotions but together hope I feel like hope and peace hold us together they keep us grounded they keep us with steady feet and I'm thankful for that okay number three the angel then left the biggest bomb for the end the angel said, she will have a son, you are to name him Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Did anyone notice in that reading that the angel left out like a few minor details of how that was all going to work out? And maybe Joseph did ask clarifying questions like, oh, great, how much is he going to weigh? How long is he going to be? What will he look like? Will he have like a halo on him? Will he have allergies? Uh, will he make friends? And uh, what's that last question? Oh, how is he going to save all the people from their sin? Kind of a big one, right? And so it reminds me that we will never have all the details. 
We will never have all the details. And if you are waiting to have peace, when you get all the details, you're never going to have peace. Because that's just not how God works. We serve a God that paints with a broad brush, and I'm thankful for that. Because I know that if God were to reveal all my life and all these situations and every single step from beginning to end, I would probably say, no, I can't do that. There's no way I'm strong enough. No way. But when God kind of reveals one thing at a time, it's not as scary. Or when we remember that hope and peace and that goodness, that goodness will prevail in the end, you think, okay, I trust. I have peace that's going to work out. But can you imagine if the angel had revealed every detail of Jesus' life to Joseph in that moment? Can you imagine what it would have been like? Probably would have been something like uh, this. Okay, so you're going to travel with Mary to Bethlehem uh, for the census, and then she's going to give birth there, not in your home. And, um, and then, oh, King Herod's going to want to kill your son. And so he's actually going to kill all the boys. So you're going to have to flee to Egypt for a while. So you're going to be a refugee uh, in a new country, and then you have to live there for a few years, and then you're going to come back, and then a few things will happen. Um, you're going to lose Jesus for a few days. Um, you're not going to know where your son is. And then as he gets older, um, he's finally going to make friends at the age of 30 and have 12 of them, actually 11 of them, really. Um, and then he's going to be homeless, essentially, and he's going to travel around and not have a home, and he's going to be teaching a lot of amazing things, uh, but then people are going to want to kill him, because people get really mad at him, like the people in power do not like him, so they're going to try to kill him, and then, oh, that one friend, he's going to betray him and hand him over for just a few bits of coin, and then, um, let's see, oh, they're going to kill him, um, actually, they're going to crucify him, which is like the worst way next to some criminals. Um, and don't worry, you're, uh, all his friends are going to flee and like abandon him. Um, Mary's going to be there to witness all of it. Uh, but don't worry, because then three days later, he's going to rise from the dead, and he's going to have holes in his hands, and he's going to appear and w- walk around and talk to people. And then a few days, uh, or like uh, a little while after that, the heavens are going to open, and he's going to whoop up in the air. Any questions? You know, David Pumpkins. Um, Can you imagine if the angel would have spilled all of that? Joseph would have said, "Uh, I'm out. (laughs) I can't do that. See, I love that Joseph didn't have every, every detail. And the few things that he did have were huge, guys. Huge. He had very little to go off, and they were unbelievable facts. They were unbelievable. He just had few things and they were insane but he believed and he trusted I want us to go back to this picture of hope and peace that spoons us or cuddles us however you want to look at it I think along with hope and with peace we're talking about God's character we have comfort and we have help and we have grace and we have love and all of that is holding us close. And I think about Christ and how he came and he, his name literally means God is with us. God is with us, holding us together, even in the midst of all the chaos and all the confusion and all the heartache and all the strife that God is holding us. And if we could just hold on to that peace and trust and that hope, I think... It would be okay. Now, I know going back to Scott's message and just thinking about 
all this, we know that not everything works out in the end for us perfectly. But we have a long view of what is going to happen. I want to close with something that I notice about Joseph. And when I think about peace. I think when we do talk about the word peace, when we think about it, we think of it as something very calming. Something that slows down. Something that gives us something to think about. But in this story, Joseph just doesn't sit back. No, Joseph gets up, he takes Mary as his wife, and he does all the things that are commanded of him. Joseph doesn't say say to the angel, you know what? I need to pray about this. He says, okay. And he obeys, and he moves. See, I think peace comes in many different forms, but I think we overlook that peace, once we get it, moves us to action moves us towards something, that it is pushing us to do new things. And so I pray this season that, yes, we would sit and we would await this Christ child, that we would have a moment to pause. But I also pray that you would look at peace as something that should move you to do something different. And so this season, I pray that you look at peace and see that it's such a great gift And that you would actually do something with it. Because that is what God wants for us. Let's pray. God, when I sit and think about this story. And how much was thrown at Mary and Joseph. I can't imagine what I would have done in their place. And yet they grab hold of this peace and this trust and this hope that you would be with them and that you would work things out. Not just for them, but for this baby and for their friends and family that would be after them. They have this belief in you. I know in our lives when we have so much going on, when we have so much chaos, when we feel stressed, when we feel like, are we making the right decision? need this peace. We need this clarity from you. We're so thankful that you came to be with us, that you promised to be with us, that you promised to walk alongside us. I pray that everyone in this room would know that you are with them. And may your peace wash all over us today and carry us out through these doors and that we would do something with that peace. In your name we pray. Amen.